your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Thank you for being with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3. .com. The Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. Uh, early reaction. Uh, one thing from the uh, Angelo Clinic thing. Chuck, you're right. It's sad. Everyone used to go to Angelo for that clinic. It was a meet and greet hangout, have beers, and it was good networking for young coaches. Yeah. Uh, this, my wife hates it at the beginning of church when everybody shakes hands and talks to one another. I love it. I always try to lure somebody into having a conversation with her. LOL. Well, that always makes Sunday afternoon comfortable for you, probably. <laughs> That's probably my favorite part. I mean, I probably shouldn't say it like that, but I I enjoy the connection time. <laughs> I don't think you're surprising anybody with no, your I don't comments. Think so. No, I mean... And, I think you broke any news there. No, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You know, it's usually, usually the conversation goes probably a little longer than what uh, what the intent is there, you know. Uh, we get uh, this from What's the, your over-under on business cards handed out at church uh, on, a, on a Pacific Sunday? No, no, no. Two? I, I, I don't, don't take any with me. Well, I can't say I always say that. Uh, no, I don't. So the under. Under two a week. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, way, way under. Yeah. I couldn't tell you the last time I handed one out. At church. At church, yeah. Yesterday would have been the last time you handed one out, though, right? Oh yeah. I had, okay, where'd you chat? I went to business after hours last night. I almost ran out of business cards. Like I was like, oh my god, I I don't think I grabbed enough. Okay, good. We're just well, the world would have stopped if had, no business cards had been handed out yesterday. I was just making sure. Right, right, right. Uh, Chuck, were you told to stop talking by teachers in grade few grade school often? Are you kidding me? I'm just curious if you've always had the gift of gab or if it took a bit to blossom into this flower we enjoy on the morning drive. <laughs> thoroughly enjoy blossom into this flower we enjoy mm-hmm. on the morning drive yeah I, I, I gotta believe that's something that you're you start out with right yeah you don't probably get more talkative as you go along yeah no i yeah. I, I, I yeah i, I, I think it could go the other way maybe you could be less become less, less talkative maybe yeah. if you become a less happy person or something i actually think i probably no, I'm not less talkative. Talk three hours here, you know, with you every day, mm-hmm. and Jeff. So well, there's a well, so do I, and I'm not a talkative person. <laughs> I, know, right? I think there's a different when you're like you have to. That's right. part of the deal. It's right? part of the part of the deal, it's, right? It's what do you do when you don't have to talk? Are you still talking? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. A uh, question for you uh, about the College World Series. What are you looking for this weekend? Uh, I, I mean, hoping that the teams that I don't want to do well don't do well. Mm-hmm. Problem is the first game is one of them is contractually obligated to do well because <laughs> one of them has to win. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping TCU doesn't do well. Hoping ORU doesn't do, doesn't do well. Mm-hmm. Um but um, I'm pulling for Florida. Beyond that, just Stanford too. Are you pulling for them a little bit? Yeah, maybe a little, maybe okay. a little. But just 
just want to see good baseball. I will, I will plan my weekend around it or anything, but when I do sit down, that's what I'll go to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll have uh, we'll have a game here uh, today that you can go to if you want. TCU and Oral Roberts. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll have. And it's just like other all other sports. I'm you know sometimes you're interested in a game because you specifically want a team to lose. So that would be one of the games I'll be more interested okay. in. <laughs> And I know I'll get what I want. There's a guarantee because I want one of them to lose. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be a happy, happy afternoon for Jamie. Sure. Uh, tomorrow we'll have Tennessee and LSU. Um, you kind of want both those teams to lose too, don't you? I'm rooting hard for LSU. I don't, I don't root against LSU. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't like Tennessee's coach and how they, how they act on the field. So I'm, yeah, 100% rooting for LSU there. Okay. All right. And. And then you think, you think, do you think Wake, if you had to, like if you, somebody gave you uh, money or they said, hey, Jamie, we're going to, we're going to take your pick and we're going to put it on money in, uh, in Vegas. Would you, would you put it on Wake Forest or would you pick somebody else? That's a good question. Um, I would, I would take one of the top two, Wake or Florida. Weaker Florida. Yeah. Would you would you say to somebody, I would take the field versus Florida or the field versus um, Wake? Which would be the the better pick? Yeah, that's that's a tough question. Is that a, to- is that a toss up? Yeah, I, I guess I probably would take Wake because of their pitching staff. Okay. All right. Six uh, thirty six this morning here on the morning drive. Take your thoughts and comments on the Eighth Flooring Center chat line. Uh, something else that this made me. This also made me sad last night. I had those two stories that made me sad, but this one, this one made me sad, and it angered me for two different reasons. No, no, no. This is not. This is. This is not uh, a, a rant. Sad. This is not a rant. It's okay? Not this, sad, Chuck. Not sad. Not. It's just. Uh, just. It. And I think it will. I think you. I think you guys will share my disappointment and my anger. Okay. The United States Office for the Middle District of uh, Pennsylvania announced charges against nine men yesterday, alleging that over 20 years they had conspired together to break into multiple museums and other institutions to steal priceless works of art, sports memorabilia, and other objects. Eight of the nine individuals so far have turned themselves in. They're accused of stealing notable baseball memorabilia, including... World Series rings that belong to Yogi Berra, individual awards that belong to Berra and Roger Maris, and a jersey that belonged to Christy Matheson. The um, Matheson jersey and the two contracts that were signed by him were stolen in 1999 from Keystone College in Factorville, Pennsylvania. There were nine World Series rings, seven other championship rings, and two MVP plaques awarded to Yogi Berra worth over a million dollars. And I remember this. They were stolen from his museum and learning center in Little Falls, New Jersey. And then uh, uh, the Hickok belt, which I'm not familiar with, and the MVP trophy that was awarded to Roger Maris, it was stolen from his museum in Fargo, North Dakota in 2016. Now, here's here's the part that it... So on, on one... On one end, that obviously that angers me that somebody would steal that stuff, right? So usually, when that kind of stuff is stolen, it's it's put up for put up for sale. Yeah, no, I always wonder what do you do with stuff like that that you know is 
you know it's illegal to be owning because it's stolen how, how do you move it how do you, you can't display it and show it off to people right yeah why even have it yeah so are they still able to sell it because people didn't know that it was stolen here's here's what they did is the the department of justice says the nine men melted the memorabilia down into transportable metal discs or bars and they sold the raw metal to other individuals in the New York City area for hundreds of thousands of dollars, but significantly less than the stolen items would be worth at fair market value. The same thing happened in Outer Banks. Yeah. What's Outer Banks? It's a Netflix series. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's extremely disappointing, no doubt. It's because it's... It's history. And you have so many stuff. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed just because it's if it was gone, I don't yeah. care what they did with it. It right. was disappointed that it was gone. It was sure. on display for people to see. And, right. And, it, and it, like you said, it's history. And so that's extremely disappointing. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, the, the fact that it's not like, oh, hey, we think this is really cool. We're going to display it. Mm-hmm. And instead, they just melted it down and they history is now gone. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it even more disappointing. I don't know that I would. I don't know. It's um, I don't know. They just obviously didn't have an appreciation for they, that part yeah, of it. Didn't have any they weren't memorabilia some, seekers yeah, or anything they like didn't that. Have some respect so. for somebody else's stuff. That well, no. I mean, clearly they didn't. They stole it. Yeah. But, um, they didn't have respect for the history that yeah. is behind it. Yeah. Yeah. It just it's like really that's what you did with it. It's like it's like they're only after the money or something. Yeah, but they couldn't have sold it. They couldn't have sold it because they they're yeah, like, so. what are you doing with Yogi Berra's ring? Why isn't it in Yogi Berra's museum? Because yeah. I stole it. Oh, well, then I don't want that. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I mean, it was like Jeff just sarcastically suggested it was all about the money. Yeah, right, right. Duh. Uh, 640. Okay, I'm done being sad. All right, done okay. d- Done with my, you know, sad uh, anger stories. You did, have some, you did have some sad stuff today. I know, right. Man, it was a tough night for you. <laughs> no, it's looking... Your Friday goes better. <laughs> I'm off to a good start. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time for this day in sports history today is the 16th day of june 2020 2023 here is jeff mcguire so one of the biggest catastrophes in sports happened because of an event that happened today in 1909 wow jim thorpe makes his professional baseball pitching debut Mm -hmm. for the rocky mountain ecl with a 4-2 win this would cause him to forfeit his Olympic gold medals. It would take until after his death for them to be returned. You, This really sticks in your craw, doesn't it? It's, it's n- number two on my list. It's number two on your list. What's number one? Boy, got in the 1980 Olympics. Okay, that's right. You know, those are two things that we seem to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, both of them involve Olympics. Do you have a list like that, Jamie? Of things that stick in my craw in sports. Yeah, that you yeah, can just start starts with um, wearing shoes that don't match team's uniform. Okay. Yeah. 1938, Boston first baseman Jimmy Fox. Two X's. See? You were waiting wait. for that, right? Uh, is walked a record six consecutive times yeah, by the St. Louis Browns. Man. 
Red Sox still win 12 to 8. I'm a little nervous about Mr. Fox. Well, he's a good hitter. He was. 1951, U.S. men's golf. Ben Hogan wins his second consecutive U.S. Open title, two strokes ahead of runner-up Clayton Hefner. 1957, put this on here just for Jamie. White Sox reliever Dixie Howell hits two home runs mm. to beat the Washington Senators 8-6. to six. Yeah. Oh, reliever. I wonder when he came <clears throat> into the game. If he's getting two ABs as a reliever, either that or maybe his team just put up huge numbers and, and batted around in an inning or something, and so he got at-bats in two consecutive innings or something. 1978, Cincinnati's uh, Cincinnati Red Tom Seaver no hits the St. Louis Cardinals four to nothing. Mm -hmm. In 1989, only 17 holes in one had been recorded since the U.S. Open began in U.S. Open play. Today, four more were made on the sixth hole. So, you know, almost a quarter of all of the holes in one ever were then matched on this day in 1989. And in 2022, the NBA Finals, Golden State Warriors beat the Boston Celtics 103-90 for their 4-2 series win. It's the Warriors' fourth title in eight years. Your MVP, Steph Curry. It is National Fudge Day. Okay. Like <clears throat> fudge sickles or fudge, fudge like in the in the pan? As in the pan. Okay. Or, you know, usually out of the pan wrapped in some sort of plastic to keep it from okay. drying out. I'm a fan. Yeah. I like a fudge sickle too, but man, I probably haven't had one in 15 years. Well, if you come over this weekend and uh, won't. one of the boys rings the bell... Uh, the lucky lady has fudge sickles in the Sweet. freezer. That's nice. Okay. Take I also Good. like, Take care of them. I also like, uh, I, I'm more of the, um, what if I just, I mean, I mean, are you allowed to just go get it yourself? No, no, <laughs> no, they're not allowed to go get it themselves. They, they yeah. can't say, well, their mother would have to approve on. Uh, well, I mean, can, Hey grandma, can I go get a fudge sickle? No, that's not how it works. You gotta ring the bell, and Grandma <laughs> brings the fudge sickles to the pool. <laughs> One birthday today. <laughs> that really bothers you—the ringing of the bell, doesn't it? He would bother me if I was the lucky lady. No, she enjoys it. It's 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 cute. It's charming. It's not now. Yeah, but what, I'm, I'm. What she doesn't like is when I use my cell phone to call her to tell her to 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 get me a beer out of the refrigerator that's just a few feet away that's that that's what irritates her so try not to do that one birthday today just one just tries uh, not like he accidentally <laughs> slips and dials the number yeah it's a choice chuck yeah <laughs> carrie wood former chicago cub is 46 and on this day in 1884, mm -hmm. very first roller coaster in America opens up at Coney Island oh, in nice. Brooklyn, New York. It was known as the Switchback Railway, was the brainchild of Lamarcus Thompson, traveled approximately, wait for it, six miles per hour. Wow. Cost a nickel to ride. Okay. The new entertainment was an instant success, and by the turn of the century, there were hundreds of roller coasters around the country. Yeah. And that... 
this day in sports history. This day in sports history. Thank you, Jeff. Ding, ding. Are you a big roller coaster fan, Jamie? No. No. Jeff? Huge. 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 They had, like, actual roller coaster. Let's make this clear. There's a difference between what shows up at the South Plains Fairgrounds mm-hmm. and what was, you know, at Six Flags and Astro at, and Astroworld and Six right. Flags and, and Arlington and all those. Right. Permanent structures, mm-hmm. I'm in. There's okay. not one that they can invent that I won't ride. The ones that are pop up. Some of those I'm like, I'll try something else. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is there one that stands out to you of all time? Uh, it doesn't exist anymore, but uh, it was at Astro World for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then actually, oddly enough, the guys at Joyland bought it when Astro World closed. I don't know if it ever got assembled. It never got assembled. Uh, the city of Lubbock wouldn't put them up because wouldn't let them put it up because it was too tall. Uh, it was called Grease Lightning. I think the other problem was the ground wouldn't support it, too. That wouldn't surprise it, It's It wasn't a huge ride, but it was a compact ride. Uh, and it would launch you from a dead stop to about 70 miles an hour into a front loop, and then arc forward, and then arc back through the same loop backwards and come back. And I, I could have ridden that all day, every day mm-hmm. at Astro Road growing up. Okay. Uh, going back to the four holes and ones on this day in the U.S. Open in 1989, Jerry Pate, Nick Price, Doug Weaver, and Mark Wiebe uh, were the ones that hit it. They all used a seven iron on the sixth hole there. And this uh, particular course that they were playing was uh, Oak Hill in uh, Rochester, New York. Okay. Curtis, Curtis Strange, whom you'll see this week and probably on coverage, won his second consecutive U.S. Open, finishing a stroke ahead of Chip Beck, Mark McCumber, and Ian Woosnam. Okay. You know what Jerry Pate was basically the most famous for? Two things. Inspiring Roy McAvoy? Uh, From no. the movie Tin Cup. He used a seven iron to par out. Okay. No. Well, no, that's not what I was thinking of. He, he was really the first guy to use an orange golf ball on the course, mm. on the professional course. And then I think after a couple of his wins, he would dive into, uh, he didn't have very many wins, but he would he would jump into the lake at the uh, 18th hole or mm. wherever it was. Would he make sure by. there wasn't a gator first? Yes. That was, that was didn't a, want to lose a hand. A critical, right? Mm. Didn't, want to, didn't want to lose a hand. But uh, yeah, he, he was an interesting dude. Then you got to teach a hockey player how to play golf. That doesn't usually end well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody says this, Jeff. That was a great Didn't ride. Happy Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. It was a great ride. Uh, I, I I enjoy a good uh, roller coaster as well. So it's. Uh, you guys both seem like roller coaster guys. Yeah, I enjoy the Mister. I'll tell you the uh, the Mister Freeze and the Batman ride at Six Flags. Solid. Uh, Those are good. Go get your attention. Uh, there's a. Uh, there's a ride at um, Bush Gardens in um, Florida that will you get on and it says you may experience weightlessness. That was that was uh, kind of exciting. Okay. Okay. And mm-hmm. and uh, uh, our youngest daughter and her cousin were with me on that ride, and I remember having my hand on both their thighs. They were both really young girls at the time, like eight, ten, nine, ten years old, and because they were. They were fearless, and they were not afraid to get out of there. You know, it was like, okay, I just don't want anybody to slip here because it's over if that happens. And that would not be, that'd be a hard explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be hard. Well, what happened? Well, they we experienced weightlessness. 
Okay. Did you do anything about it? Well, you know, yeah, tried. But anyway, I, I did. Uh, 6.54 this morning here on the morning drive. Hey, I just want, I want to remind you, because um, I think it's really cool, uh, and it's this weekend at the Windmill Museum, the Summer Model Train Show, uh, tomorrow from uh, 10 to 5. It's open today as well. This is over at uh, the Canyon Lake Drive. It's 5 bucks. Kids 5 and under admitted free. So I am really looking forward to this. We're going to go tomorrow. Good. And uh, taking the boys to this. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to see this. But seeing it through the eyes of a 10-year-old and a 3-year-old, I think, will be uh, fantastic. So uh, if, uh, if you're out and about tomorrow and uh, have that opportunity, even if you're a kid that, you know, a big kid that doesn't have any kids to go with, I think would be would be fun because who doesn't love model trains? Yeah, they're cool. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. So not to maybe overanalyze or, or uh, read too much into it, but do you, do you think, and you spoke just a little bit about this, this relationship between players and umpires, managers and umpires, coaches and umpires. Do you think part of this is um, just the mere fact that the kind of off the field relationship isn't what it was maybe in the in the seventies and the eighties, and that maybe part of that also is the the income disparity between today and you know between the players and the umpires is I mean it's it's a Grand Canyon gap, whereas maybe in the seventies and the eighties, while it was a it was a gap it wasn't a seismic gap like it is today where you have guys that have guaranteed contracts of $20, 30000000 million, and these umpires are, while they're six-figure jobs, they're not life-changing money, you know, just by signing one contract. And and maybe back in the 70s and 80s, you might have a guy making, I mean, hundred grand or two hundred grand. The umpire might be making thirty, forty grand, but it's not. it's not like it's just, just huge and i'm not saying that the umpires are taking it out on the players it's just there's there's not a relatable so there's not there's no there's no kind of understanding of why this person is doing that and maybe it's just maybe it is just the whole nobody wants to accept that they made a mistake and you always want to put the pin on somebody else i don't maybe maybe it is something as simple as that yeah, I think you're probably touching on some points that are pr- probably valid. There's probably a lot of different things that that going in, go into this, and um, you know some of the things that that I touched on there. I just think that I, I just again, there, I, I'm I'm no different than anybody else. That over the course of watching my team play or watching a game, I'm I'm like, man, we got hosed on that call, or mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, am I when I'm at one of those games? Am I super vocal about it? No, okay. Um, but do I come out of a game sometimes feeling like, man, that guy's guy's strike zone was was wider for us than it was for them? Sure, sure. I, um, I, I don't I don't think umpires are perfect or or referees or whatever. I don't I don't think they're perfect. I also don't think they go into games planning. Hey, I'm gonna try to hose this team. Sure. I don't think that. Yeah. Sometimes they they may have a a game where they miss a call or two and um sometimes it's one on one side and one on the other but sometimes it might be two to zero and it's totally i mean they're humans right it's mm-hmm. accidental whatever um i just think that we spend so much again there's 
you never used to see where because you didn't have social media and you didn't have everybody videotaping everything or whatever but you never you know an umpire made a bad call and you know or he missed a strike or whatever and and um and and you just you just moved on okay yeah. you moved on and i just think now we see so many times where they're they're criticized on social media and everybody gets on the bat and so i mean one great umpire really good umpire may make a bad call because mm-hmm. he he does he's he's human and the next thing you know it's all over social media like look at how bad this call was and nobody ever you know puts those on there when he makes good calls so now the world's like that guy's a terrible umpire he did he did this okay even though he may be one of the highest rated umpires out there so you mean to tell me chuck that if you're told over and over you're wrong and how bad you are and all that you're not going to have a little bit of a you know uh, and be in protection protection mode and have a little bit of a chip on your shoulder i think you are i do too I yeah think I, you are. I, I, I agree and with you. i absolutely think um i think fans are so much incredibly worse than they used to be um that are just i mean just vicious i mean may, maybe even more at the at the you know youth level than than it, it is i mean I, I sat near some some women this past weekend at a basketball game that embarrassed me that they were from the same city that i'm from um it's just we don't complain about calls we start getting personal and it's just a, a per, the appearance of an, an official or a referee or whatever and i just think it's extremely immature and again i don't know how you don't think that guy is going to hear you not criticizing a call he made not just criticizing a call he made but criticizing him personally mm-hmm. with his appearance or if he's wearing glasses or how he wears his hair or whatever and think that he's not going to have a chip on his shoulder yeah. okay but you're out up here in the crowd. You're just criticizing. I mean, just ripping into him, and you think that's going to bother him. You, you kind of lose the, um, you know, sometimes the, a uh, little bit of hey leeway. You lose some leeway if yeah. you're on the constant. The other question I have for you, with regard to this, is: Do you think, do you think, Major League Baseball more so than the NFL or the NBA? And let's just stay at the professional level. It seems like the the trigger. You don't ever see a player get thrown out in the NBA for arguing with an official, and maybe they don't argue as much. It just seems like you the, do. You, it, you do. They get teed up. They get tossed. They get teed up. Yeah, they get they get teed up. Uh, but I mean, it just it seems like they. It, I guess it just it's feel, a lot less. It's a lot. It just feels like the hair trigger in baseball has gotten more but and, you've always seen more guys get tossed out in baseball yeah, than basketball then, and you don't not, ever see that's that's that in the changed. nfl yeah that's not changed yeah i don't but, know it just it just seems in baseball it's you also don't get two times to be a jerk in in basketball or i mean in baseball you get one time then you're gone yeah, right right yeah, right yeah. basketball i can tee you up and you can be frustrated and angry mm-hmm. with me and you say the wrong word and i go ah tee him up we're shooting two free throws mm-hmm. okay but you're still in the game yeah. Right. In yeah. baseball, you look back and say that was a blanking ball that was two feet wide. Mm-hmm. Oh, boom! You're gone. Yeah. You know, you're out of here. Yeah. You don't and then, get, you so don't the player's get... ejected. Then what happens? Manager goes out there to defend his guy. Yeah. And, and more he times gets than ejected, not, that's so what he's two. doing. He's yeah. just supporting his guy. Well, you know, in the case of in the case of Simeon last night, I'm sure that Mike Maddox was trying to. He couldn't get out there fast enough before to to try to 
Save him. Save him. You know, go ahead and he, hey, throw me, not him, right? Yeah. Well, it also didn't even look like, and this is why I said that it didn't, the three of the guys did combined didn't get there with some money's worth on a single ejection. It looked like from his body language that Simeon was just having a conversation with the umpire. But, but yeah, you have he no may, idea, I have what, no idea he said. what he said. Yeah. But he wasn't like swinging his arms around. He didn't look angry when the, mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. side, uh, one that panned around so you could see his face. It didn't look like he was screaming or anything. It looked like he was just having a conversation. He clearly said something that got him ejected, which is why it took Maddox so long to get out there to try to slow things down, and he gets immediately ejected. Bruce Bochy, guy's 68 years old, you know, it's like, <laughs> can't, can't run out there fast enough. <laughs> Especially from the other side of the dugout. So yeah. the, the three of them got the heave quickly compared yeah. to one another, and all of that was from the one play. Yeah. I don't buy into that umpires are worse. I think Major League umpires are really good. Um, but I think the relationship between players yes. and umpires is not as good. Yeah. And and I think that probably factors in. Yeah, because I think there was a point in time where, and it's and you probably see this uh, at the college level to a certain degree where, you know, um, umpires might give one coach or, or team a little bit more leeway in what, how, how they protest things. Just because they don't protest as much, no, nah, maybe you know, and I and that's kind of how it used to be. The way it was in baseball is like if, well, if you're going to argue every call, you're going to lose a little bit of credibility. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Feels and, like feels like that's more of a basketball thing than baseball, but may, maybe it's both. But there was yeah. a point. I just seem to recall like the better hitters. There was like there were times where, you know, so you know, I'll just throw out Wade Boggs. Let's just say Wade Boggs. If he questioned, it, it's like. Oh, well, maybe maybe because he never complains. Okay, or, mm-hmm. or this guy never complains, and so when he does when he does say something, it it adds to his credit. It, it gives it more credibility because yeah. he's not somebody that constantly whines at every little thing. Yeah. But I do think you're right about the basketball deal, and I and I think that we saw some of that, you know, on the women's side last year at the the last I don't know, I would say last ten plus games of the season, there was less immediate. Uh, complaining, and I think it benefited um, Tech uh, when that wasn't the case. Because if you're arguing from the beginning, I, th- I just think it, it's just human nature that you're never going to get a call to go your way. And I'm not saying that somebody was against us or the referees were against them. It's just when you when you make a, a protest from the very beginning, it just it doesn't give you any room to any wiggle room when the closest when the call is close to to get it overturned the morning drive podcast from double t 97.3 is presented by cantex roofing and construction jamie's question of the day on double t 97.3 is presented by bizarre solutions call them today for a free cybersecurity audit all right now time permitting i have a question for you but that may have to wait until after eight o'clock and it is football related what what is your question and I'm going to try to be better today about just answering the question, letting Jeff answer the question, and letting you answer the question. Okay, I'm going to see if I can. We're going to see if we can play the game correctly today. Well, let's mix it up since you always have to go first. We'll make Jeff go first today. Okay. All right. And so, wait, wait, wait. Why yeah. am I being punished? No, no, you're not being punished. <laughs> it's just Chuck always gets the. You know, he he draws the short straw and he has to answer first. You get to sit back and think it over. Okay. I get to think about it while I'm thinking up the question. All right, so my question today, 
We're going all sports, encompassing all sports. Which of the new programs into the Big 12 Conference do you feel like is going to end up having the most success in this conference? And two, which one do you think is going to have the least amount of success? I think uh, BYU is going to have the most success. They've been running a Power 5 schedule. They've been having to put together being an independent for a while. So they're used to the ebbs and flows of a quote-unquote big boy schedule, unlike Cincinnati and UCF and Houston have had to experience on a year-in and year-out basis. They have a huge fan base that pays attention to them almost exclusively. So they're used to having a, a magnifying glass kind of put onto them from that aspect. Those factors lead you to making good decisions and when things go badly, making corrections as they as you go. The team I feel like is going to have the least amount of success, probably a lot biased here, but I'm going to say U of H. They're still not going to be a predominant team in the state of Texas where you need to recruit. This is going to elevate them, but they're still going to be behind Baylor. They're still going to be behind Tech. They're still going to be behind Texas and A&M. They're going to be above Rice. They're going to get a jump on them. They're going to get a jump on UTSA. So they're going to improve their lie, but they're not getting above some of the teams that they've been chasing for a very long time. While Cincinnati is going to get a bump, UCF is going to get a huge bump in Florida that they're going to get a little hamstrung in that regard just for the amount of elevation that they have to achieve that's already been taken. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to give you a different answer, but I'll tell you what the first answer was really going to be because I, I would have echoed pretty much exactly what Jeff said. I mean, okay, well, you're allowed to do that. I know, but I mean, I, I, but I have, a, I have a side thought too. A B, BYU was my first that I thought would, from a football standpoint, that would excel. And I thought Houston, from just a you know failure standpoint, because they're going to have to play nine real games. Okay. So, but. I'll, I'll change it up a little bit and tell you that I think, and this is going to sound strange, I think Cincinnati basketball has a chance to get back to the, the Bob Huggins days and maybe even back to the 60s because the Ohio basketball and that area uh, I think will become attractive again at Cincinnati because they'll be playing big boy basketball. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I think... I think that I think that 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 could be uh, that they could be really elevated uh, within the Big Twelve. Um, that maybe they, they come in thinking, well, it's going to be football, but it might actually end up being being basketball. And then from a from a basketball standpoint, staying with that, then I'll say BYU. I don't think will ever amount to anything uh, in the in the Big Twelve, and will be a bit of a doormat. BYU. Wow. On the basketball side. Okay. Uh, For me, when I look at BYU, I don't think they're going to be elevated that much, partially because of what you're talking about, Jeff, in the fact that they already have been, you know, a well-supported, you know, played a tough schedule already. I I just don't know if this is going to elevate them in recruiting um, and and exposure or anything like that. So I I just, I don't know across the board if they're going to get a big jump. I expect them to be a very competitive team, um, and, and expect them to, you know, really in all sports be uh, a team that has a chance to, you know, be in the top half of the league and all that. I just don't know that they're going to take a bump 
up. The team that I think is going to take the biggest bump up is UCF. I, I just feel like they're a sleeping giant mm-hmm. um, it, because of where they are and great athletes in that state. Uh, they've obviously already had some success in football, so I just think they've got it rolling in the right direction. Uh, you know, the other sports, baseball and basketball, they've got to step it up, but I think that it will get stepped up because of moving into the conference. The, the conference or the school that I think is going to have, I, I just don't see having a ton of success in the Big 12 is Cincinnati. I, I just, I, I don't think they're going to out-recruit anybody in, in Ohio because of, I know Ohio State can't take all the players, but I, I just don't think this is going to give them a boost to all of a sudden start taking players away from Ohio State. Uh, I, I don't think... Uh, you know, basketball wise, you might be you might be right, Chuck. They might find a way back to where they have been, but I I just don't know. I, I just don't know. So I, I look at them. I still think Houston is going to be a, a decent team, not great, um, but decent. They just have so many athletes to choose from in the state, and I think that you'll they'll find some guys. Um, but um, man, I, I don't. I think Cincinnati's the one that's going to have the hardest time in this conference overall. Okay. 7.36 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. So if you broke it down, just just to, and you may not know enough yet to say, hey, I really, really believe it like this. But if, if you looked at it from just a baseball standpoint with the, with the newbies, how would, you, how would you rank them, do you think? Do you think you'd stay with Central Florida at, at the, the top of the? The baseball yeah. part of things? Yeah, if you just had to say which one of this is going to be the best in baseball and which one is... None of the four are great right now. Um, Will any of them be elevated as a result of it or have more of an emphasis on it? Well, I think it may take a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it may take a few years, but uh, I... Nobody scares you. No, probably. I, would, I guess I would probably say Houston. Okay. In baseball. Okay. Yeah, and I think uh, I think where Houston has a chance to kind of, although it'll be interesting when they have to play a big boy schedule, night in night out. Um, that'd be interesting to see how they if they're able to stay in their stature, present stature, uh, with regard to men's basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think they also have benefited from, you know, not having to have a a tough schedule night in night out. I mean. Where there is no night off, at least as we've as we've known it, there's been no night off essentially in the Big Twelve, and and you've you've seen a team just recently like Kansas State um, that goes within you know a couple shots of playing for a right to play for a Final Four, or you see a team like Texas Tech that won one game under Billy Gillespie within you know six years is playing for a national championship um and now now it's where we've gotten to it's like okay if you don't make the tournament it's a failure season uh whereas before we're just trying to be competitive um and so i think i think houston is going to be in for an awakening when it comes into having to play um you know real teams every monday or wednesday or saturday depending on how you how the schedule goes so I, I just think, and I, I and I'll, I'll be curious to see what kind of fan support they get night in, night out. Mm-hmm. I'll also be curious to see how, because I, I I have a feeling that the leash on uh, Dana Holgerson's getting 
shorter and shorter and shorter. Well, it feels like it's a combination. Like he doesn't necessarily want to be there either. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. 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 So maybe they'll they'll say good riddance uh, to to each other. Flip, uh, flip side of that question, though, Tech and Houston. Obviously, we assume that's going to be a rivalry, uh, at least from Houston's perspective. Um, Cincinnati probably going to be against West Virginia as a like building a new rivalry with the four teams. Mm-hmm. Who's BYU going to link up with in this? Iowa State. That feels not right. Like that. It's not like those have a, a history program of going after each other. Yeah, I don't. That's a. Uh, who are who's gonna be your? I don't think you have to have one though. Hmm? I, I mean, I think maybe right. the f- maybe the future, maybe a team that's not in the Big to Twelve be de- or a team that is in the Big Twelve to be determined because you keep running into them in tight games that you end up winning so or losing. If we end up getting Utah. Yeah, or somebody like that. Yeah. Colorado, you know. Just because that's just close more proximity. Closer proximity, yeah, yeah. more like people. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. With Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. Pleasure to have you with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. We come to you from the First United Bank studio. Look forward to hearing from you today on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to Double T 97.3.com for that or the mobile app. Uh, I got this uh, yesterday uh, because we're season ticket holders, and and my quest. This is a question for you guys uh, and our fine listening audience as well. So um, today is the deadline to request away game tickets for my level, uh, or maybe certain levels of uh, of Red Raider Club standings and and Tech football season ticket holders, of which thirty thousand plus have uh, signed up to be season ticket holders this year, which is just just outstanding. So of the six away games, all right, if you had to pick one, which one which one would you go to? For some, it may be a no-brainer, and for others, it's it maybe is a, a true selection because there's some places that maybe you've never been before. Uh, obviously, play at Wyoming to open up the season. First Big 12 road game is November September September the 23rd uh, at West Virginia. I've heard that's a great atmosphere for uh, football. At Baylor on uh, October the 7th, it's an okay atmosphere. Uh wasn't just overwhelming with, you know, when, when we went a couple of years ago. Um, then you have the game at BYU. Really curious about that uh, with the, the setting and all that. November 11th at Kansas, there won't be it, the 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 foliage will be pretty. Okay, the, the trees will be pretty. That's about that's. I don't know what kind of a I don't know what kind of an atmosphere it'll be like. And then um, the day after Thanksgiving, uh, playing at Texas uh, for the for the final time. So, if you had your pick, which which game would you go to? Is it is it an easy choice for you? Yeah, it's really easy. Wyoming. Wyoming, mm-hmm. okay. I, th- I would have maybe thought BYU for you. Yeah, that would be second on my list. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, Jeff, did you have uh, have an opinion on that? I don't. I know I should. I, I don't. I'm okay. sorry. That's all I'm right. I'm a terrible person. 
Don't. I come from terrible people if it makes you feel any better. Yeah. It's a long-standing tradition of being terrible people. Being what to people? Being terrible people. Oh, being. I'm terrible. a terrible person. I come from a long what? line of terrible people. No. Why, why, why would you? Why would you say that about yourself? Because you're annoying, Show. obnoxious. You talk too much. You talk too loud. You forgot ugly. Uh, all and the things stupid. that I. All the things that I bring to the table as well. I'm just saying that I'm better at insulting me than other people are because yeah, I know all of my faults. Yeah. No. And you, you're comfortable with your own skin. This might. This might. What just happened? Never mind. Move on. I don't know. I don't know. It's just I asked a simple question. I asked a simple question, and we get a litany of things. That was that was your very morning drive. Ask right yeah, there. That right. Was, that was that was us right there. Right. So mm-hmm. my my, I've never been to a game at UT. It's just part part of it is this, the schedule hasn't matched up or. You know, we've gotten to those points in the season. Like, okay, I just need it. I need a Saturday. I just need to, you know, I need to recharge, so to, so to speak. Um, I, I I think I'd also if if I had the you know just the means or if it was if it was easy because it's not it's not an easy place to travel to. I am curious about uh, West Virginia and Morgantown, um, and what it would what it would be like there. Um, maybe the same thing for for BYU. So. The low-hanging fruit for me is KU, but I frankly I don't like going to a KU Tech game. It's just, it's just it's too complicated. He hates sitting by himself in the stands. <laughs> um, but I think if you said to me, and I don't think I'll be able to do this because there'll be basketball going on, but I think I would say uh, at Texas. Okay. Just just because I haven't been there, um, and I'd, 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 I've been to Baylor, I've been to a game there. Obviously, I've been to a game at KU. I've not been to a game at uh, Wyoming, West Virginia, or uh, or BYU. Uh, this takes one to know one, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, why is the difficult UT game difficult to travel to? That seems like one of the easiest on the list. Well, my point is, is that anytime you're driving in Austin, it's yeah. difficult. Yeah. yeah, there's no no question, and even even flying in there. Um, but really, it's been more about just the. You know, just it, it just hasn't the, it hasn't matched up with my schedule. Okay, just for whatever reason, hasn't been hasn't and the, part of its time of year, part of its, you know, if we've had two or three home games in a row, it's just you're like, okay, well, I just need a I need a Saturday to you know, just sit on the couch, so to speak. It's un, you know, the weekends become pretty precious in the in the fall and the winter. Eight oh seven this morning here on the morning drive. So if you have a thought on that or an opinion on that uh, game that uh, you would like to go to, that maybe would stand out to you uh wyoming just because of the the atmosphere of uh the mountains and just different place and never hiking been, opportunities i've never been to that part of the country yeah, before okay yeah okay <clears throat> and i think there'll be some i think it would be beautiful yeah yeah i think you're same thing about byu that's why they're mm-hmm. second on my list i'm i'm totally taking out the the atmosphere in the game and all that it's really not why would that's kind of not and this question that you asked me, that's not yeah. the big factor for me. Okay. And see, the factor for me with going to West Virginia would be uh, the pregame, uh, walking through the tailgates, just kind of checking that out. But that would be that way for any of the games. And that's why the, the Baylor tailgating just didn't really impress me. Yeah. It was just it was just kind of ho-hum-de-dum. How does our tailgating compare to the others? Well, I you know... 
I, I would tell you this. Do other tailgaters have prime rib, Chuck? <laughs> I, I I think one of the things that has uh, hurt our tailgating here is, um, especially on the west side, is that all that parking has become reserve parking, and it's not as much. It's not as much the every man, you know, you know, getting their buddies together and tailgating. It's become a little bit, a little bit more corporate and a little bit more closed in, as opposed to back in the day, you could just kind of tailgate hop from, and you'd know people because they were just they were just the the commoners, and now every parking place over there is is reserved on the west side and and frankly on the east side. We used to tailgate for years on the east side. And uh, we'd set up the tent the night before and, you know, cook and go out in the third quarter at halftime and, you know, have a beer or leftover tailgate and go back in. And it's just, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a different environment. And I think the, I think the losses have hurt tailgating too. Well, I think the, um, I think where they've done a great job is around the engineering key with Raider Alley and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think that. I think they've done a, a really a really good job of, of putting it there i think the student tailgating on the green space has been has been uh, outstanding i just think the the we don't really have a spot for the everydayers i mean they've there have been different thoughts about closing off university and closing off certain parts of it to make it so that you could kind of have uh, a place for the every everyday fan is that where the guy, I mean, is there some of that over by basketball? Yeah, I just think the further you get away from the stadium, the the harder it is to you, you have to plan it a little bit. No, no, more. no doubt, but there is a space for the everyman. Yeah, probably over. It's pro- over there at basketball. Yeah, yeah, and I just haven't I haven't made it over there. Yeah, it's over there. Yeah, there is a place. Yeah, if yeah. you if you don't like the place, you got to pony up. Yeah, right. No, that's, yeah. that's and that and that comes with winning, and that comes with wanting to win more and being more successful. And I, I get it, and I understand, and I'm being critical. It's just, it's just the way. It, it's just what it is. This has been the Morning Drive podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T ninety seven three podcasts at double T ninety seven three dot com.